Hi friends, it's Coach D and welcome to the Standing O podcast. It is our last episode of 2021. Hard to believe, but a new year is upon us. And for that reason, I have a very special guest. And this guest will get us in the right mindset as we head into a new year, as we set new goals, new ambitions, as we look forward to new seasons. Tony Douglas is an expert in athleticism and athletic habits. He's a high school All-American, a college Division I All-American, and uh, maybe most importantly, he is my husband. But Tony's specialty is in his innovation. He saw how sports training was actually making kids slower, more specialized, and more unathletic. So he set out a way to change that by creating Vertigo Athletics. You'll hear a little bit about that, but mostly today we're going to talk about his story and his sweet spot and how he realized that talent couldn't solve all his problems and how habits became necessary. Now, don't tell him that I said this, but he's got a lot of great tips and a lot of great ideas in here. So take a listen, have fun, and here's my conversation with the one and only Tony Douglas. Well, hi, Tony. Welcome to the Standing O podcast. It's good to be here. <laughs> we we kind of have um, a little experience in the podcast world since we um, did a podcast together. Gosh, what was that? Like two years ago? Yes. The in a little your over corner, two years. The In Your Corner podcast. We got about 30 episodes in and then I said, see you later, Tony. And I started my own. Kick to the curb. <laughs> Jeez. Um, no, it's all good. It's all good because, um, you're here and first let's just talk about, talk about you a little bit. So like, what's your, what's your background story? Why are you qualified to be a guest on the standing out podcast? I don't know if I'm called. I I don't know if I'm qualified. (laughs) I think my, my qualification is that I'm your husband. So I think that got me in the door, but, um, So I have an athletic background, played sports in high school, ran track at Iowa State with you. Um, And now I run Vertigo where we train athletes. And part of our training philosophy is also positive coaching and reinforcing good habits and things like that. So it's a good fit. It is a good fit. Um, Let's first talk about little Tony because your experience is different in mine in the sense that, I mean, we both had brothers. I have one brother, but you have four brothers and you kind of grew up in a rough and tumble, always playing, always competing household. So how do you feel like that shaped you into a, not just a college athlete, but beyond college athletics into who Tony is today? Um, sports wise, um, I mean, we were kind of groomed to be elite athletes. So, um, our uncles were all phenomenal athletes. My uncle Bruce played in the NBA. So we all had that in our mindset that we were going to make play in the NBA because obviously our uncle Bruce played in the NBA and, and there was high standards on us, especially for basketball. So we were always competing. There's always somebody to play with. And the person that you played with was always pretty good too. So 
that really set us up for a really good environment to become good athletes um, and also gave us our competitiveness. So it was it, environment is everything. And it was, it was a great environment for athleticism. Uh, the first time I met the Douglas family, we had played phase 10 and we got to about phase two and everybody was cheating and uh, your brother brought the Bible out and made us all swear that we wouldn't cheat anymore. So I got a full taste of this competitive household that you grew up in right away. It, it's kind of like um, now the way I think about it is uh, if, if there's a story about two fish that are swimming and another fish comes by and he's like, he says to the other two fish, how is the water today? And the other two fish are like, what's water? because you don't realize the environment. Like I didn't realize the competitive environment I was in growing up. It's just how our family operates. Uh, when I think back on, I, with my cousins and I, my brothers and my cousins, you know, we've played, we played Monopoly over the years. I still to this day, don't think we have ever finished a game of Monopoly um, because there's so much cheating and there's so much uh, competitiveness that it, no one's going to lose. So the game just always goes on. Mm -hmm. Our kids are starting to get indoctrined in that when they go back home, when they go back to your, to grandma and grandpa's house or family vacations. And my dad is the, the nice one of the family, but he's <laughs> the one that's teaching these lessons, right? He's teaching them how to play, how to, how to really play Monopoly, mm -hmm. not just like, you know, so yeah. So you, so you move out of this environment and you go to college and that's kind of when you discover like you're on your own and you have to, maybe that's the time where you notice the water, by the way, is that a real story or did you make that up? I mean, it's a good one, but I've never heard that story. I mean, can fish talk? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, like, did you read it or you just, you're, I, I've heard, you're I've a heard poet it. and you didn't know it. I've heard it several times. Um, I couldn't tell you who, but it's not an original. It's not an original story. That's cute. I'll give you credit. It, it, it fits. Good job. Um, so yeah. So talk about that. Like you, you leave this house and all of a sudden it's like, you, like, you notice the water for the first time you have to find your own journey, like your own path to success, to your goals. How was that for you? Um, probably the biggest, and I mean, obviously there's a ton, but probably the best and the biggest one to focus on for me, and we all have our own different journeys. So, um, I had jumped in the long jump, uh, 24 seven. So I was ranked like eighth in the nation coming out of high school in the long jump. Um, I was also a good triple jumper, high jumper sprinter, but uh, most of, most of my athleticism had come from, and, and, and I was a hard worker, but, you know, in practice, I was always trying to win all the sprints. I was very competitive. So, but I hadn't, um, I hadn't had struggles with athleticism, right? I was always the best athlete. I always won the race. Um, I was a state champion, um, and Illinois is pretty big. So, I mean, everybody from Chicago. So I did, I, I wouldn't say that I had gone through struggles to get there though. Right. Um, mm -hmm. not saying I didn't. And I think there is a difference between hard work and struggles. There's, um, hard work. Everyone, it's, it's, it's not hard 
to work hard. It really isn't. It is hard to struggle though. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think there are athletes out there that are working hard and they're not beating guys like me or girls like you, let's say, Mm -hmm. uh, that's their struggle, right? How do I get faster? How do I, how do I keep up? How do I not feel like a loser? And so some kids experience those struggles earlier. I didn't experience those struggles until I got to college. Um, and it wasn't even on a competitive nature. I mean, I was already a, all big 12, just my freshman year. My struggles came through injuries because I couldn't be out there showing what I had. And so that was my big aha moment was we're going to have, you're going to have struggles at some point. And sometimes for some of us, we don't get those struggles till later. And then it was like a whole new learning experience of like how to overcome struggles and having to go through those and build myself up and create good habits for myself. And that whole process was all new for me. You talked about process and, um, finding your way out of struggle. So what worked for you? Um, you called it a journey, like, yeah, describe that part because, you know, sometimes it can sound so easy. Like you just got to work hard through struggle, but what does that yeah. look like? Like, what did you learn through that? And, and even still, it's a process. Um, there's never an, ah, it, sometimes there's an aha moment, but there's never a, a magic wand that's going to fix that. Right. Uh, and, and, and there was decisions I was making, uh, with my, my time and maybe activities that I was doing how I handled my body and treated my body, how much sleep and things like all these really fundamental things. Um, but I do remember my parents, my, after my second year in college, I remember my, I, I distinctly remember my parents telling me, sitting me down and telling me, and this is when I was back home for the summer, making some bad decisions, I'm sure. Um, saying, sitting down and actually, and they've probably had this talk with me you know, 15, 20 times before, but for some reason it hit this time. Um, you know, you've had all the success, Tony, and you have been doing it without really trying. Right. And just imagine if you actually focused and tried, um, to, to do the things that would make you even better than what you're doing. Just imagine what you could do. And that, that talk actually really propelled me. Um, once again, you, you kind of have to let your ego go. I, I was trying, uh, but I wasn't focused. And it, I was trying at the things that I'd always tried at, right? I was trying hard at practice, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes it's hard when you, when you hear somebody say things to you, you want to say, well, I am trying hard. Okay, you're trying hard at practice. You're going to practice. What else are you trying at? Are you eating the right things? Are you going to bed at the right time? Are you, um, are you denying activities that other people may get away with that you probably shouldn't be as a college athlete. And so that was having to try for me. Those things were the hard part. Practice, practice is very easy, right? Especially for athletes to show up and work hard. And it's, that's probably the easiest thing an athlete does. We enjoy it. The hard part for athletes is, can I go to bed at nine 30 when everybody else is staying up or going out or doing the, the thing? Um, can I make a good decision in the dining hall? Those are the hard things. 
uh, can I watch game film or watch myself and my mechanics versus watching two hours of Netflix? That's really where things get hard. So I think, and I think in our, in our head and there's this stigma, you know, grind it out, work hard. That's the, that's, that's really the easy part. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. Those, those things that were always easy part for me too. Like I always said, I thought I worked hard until I went to college and then I realized, oh, this is hard. And then it's like, I thought I worked hard until I got a job in the real world. I'm like, oh, this is hard. And then I thought I worked hard until I had kids. So it's like, there's always these layers of it. And I think we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace in the fact that, you know, we want to keep learning. We want to keep um, stretching ourselves, but we have to, what I hear you saying is build those fundamentals of a structure and habits in order to, to give ourselves the biggest breadth of potential, like what your parents were talking about. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. That, yes. You just, you're you summed it up perfectly. <laughs> well, thanks, honey. So let's, I just wanted to build that, that background of, of who young Tony was, because it's been foundational in what you do now and the athletes that you're trying to help now. Um, so now, I was, I was, uh, I was thinking about this this morning, actually. Um, I almost want to have a, a little, you know, you always have the little like C I want to call it CST, um, common sense training <laughs> and really everything that we do, we base around just common sense. If, and, and a lot of this is because I've done a ton of studying on habits and how to create good habits and how to, how to actually make change and, so many of us think that we're going to make change by just spending uh, some time um, getting bigger or stronger or whatever else. And, and, and that, can, that can definitely make some changes, but I, I like to make changes specifically for what we're doing. So I, I look at a sport, I look at an activity, and then look at the actual things that we're doing in that sport. If, if, we're, if we're a long jumper or if we're a track person or if we're a volleyball player or a basketball player, what specifically are we doing throughout that game? And then we work on those specific movements. We work on cutting and jumping and running uh, things that you, we couldn't really do when I was back in college, we could work on it, but just not to the extent that we can work on them now because of technology. Now we have video that's instant. Uh, We have feedback metrics and we can use lasers for tracking and timing and competitions. So um, it's allowed us to take everything kind of to a new level and in basketball, you're going to make cuts. You're going to be on, on, you're going to be having to, uh, feel your body out on defense versus just saying like, play hard defense. We can actually look at the fundamentals of like, here's how my body should move. And here's the positions I should be in on defense. Um, so we, we have fun, you know, we have fun working these skills and mechanics and then through habits, uh, habit formation is, is has been a real eye opener for me over the last five years. Um, understanding that the only way to really ingrain something in your subconscious is through repetition. It has to be done over and over and over and over and over. Um, I wake up in the morning and I don't have to think about brushing my teeth or drinking coffee. Those things are going to have, they're going to happen. Um, they're habits. And so we can, we can, we can do these same things with our athletic skills, but it just takes a lot of repetitions. And so you, first thing you need to analyze on yourself is 
am I working on the right things? Am I working on the right positions and movements that I should be that are going to actually apply to the game? Because I'm, when I'm in the game, I don't want to be thinking about it. Um, so that's a, in a nutshell, what we do. We work on those things. Mm-hmm. One thing I love that you do through Vertigo is you send out these, um, these very simple weekly emails Um, they're a little bit educational and a little bit inspirational, um, motivational. And, um, the one that sticks out to me right now is the, the one where you, you like to talk about Roger Bannister and the four minute mile and just this, um, this idea of belief. And I like how you frame it, that his belief wasn't just like he woke up one day and decided, oh, I want to break the four minute mile, like he had a habit, he had a process. He was, he was willing to set himself up to work through the struggle of getting to this goal. So can you talk a little bit about like why you believe things like belief and those are not just habits, but something we can practice? Yeah. So you, without belief, you can't do anything. Um, and with belief, I feel like you can, you can do anything. Um, but it all start. It, it does start with belief and then showing up and with, with habits, we have to, we have to get to a point where we are building belief and the best way to build belief is to start small. So uh, in my favorite book, Atomic Habits by James Clear, check that out. Um, he, you're not going to do the things you don't love to do. Right. Uh, and one of the one of the critical things that you have to do when building a new habit or a new belief is you have to make it easy. And and I think we get that wrong all the time. We you set a like we're almost to New Year here. Right. So there's going to be a lot of people setting huge goals um, and they're going to be failing in the first 15 days. And instead of making that huge goal, you can make a huge goal, but you need to set tiny habits, make something very easy for you to be able to do, because that's what's ultimately going to build your belief. Because if, if you say, hey, I'm going to spend an hour in the gym, my, my, 20, my 2022 resolution is I want to lose 20 pounds. Let's just say that, right? Um, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out for an hour every day. And then by day three of 2022, you've already you've already messed up. So you lie to yourself. And when you lie to yourself, what does that mean? You don't believe yourself because, you know, you set this goal and now you don't believe that you can do it. Versus if you just say, I'm going to, I'm going to move my body or do push-ups or do something very small, I'm going to do five push-ups every day, um, or even three times, three times a week, just make it very easy because the more you start to believe what you say, you said, you'll start to build your belief. Um, and so you have to make it easy. Not saying that what Roger, what Roger Bannister did, I'm sure he built up to that. He set the goal for the four minute mile and then he just started to show up. And the more he showed up, the more he started to believe I can actually do this. And I'm sure the closer and closer he got to the goal, the more the belief set in. And they, people literally thought back then, it sounds crazy today that if you, if someone broke the four minute mile, their heart would explode. That was that was literally the belief. And as soon as Roger Bannister broke four minute mile, uh, I can't remember the amount of days it was, but very shortly after it, someone else broke it. And then another person broke it. And 
you know, it was like a waterfall because after they actually saw it being done, the belief was so much easier for those next ones to see, oh, it's already been done. I can, I can obviously do that. So, so belief is very important, uh, but you just can't sabotage yourself. You need to set up um, very easy things for you to start to build that belief upon. And it's more about the consistency than it is about, um, you know, you go do one three hour workout and you did it one day. Well, you're not going to believe yourself because, you know, the next day you're supposed to show up and you don't do three hours. Now you're already, you know, not believing in what you're doing. That's good. Um, so it's the end of a year. We all like to make these, these new year's resolutions. Um, what would be like your three tips or your best tip you could give to us instead of like just making a plain resolution, like what we should do instead, something that we can stick with all through 2022. Uh, so it's the stuff that I'm doing. So I'll just tell you what I'm doing. How's that? How's that sound? Um, I think in 20 in, in 2021 and now going into 2022, one of the biggest, um, issues with everybody. I mean, everyone's got anxiety. Everybody's got stress right now. I think we can almost just feel it in the air because we've got all this new social media, got the pandemic, we got all of these things going on. And it, I still feel like it boils down to the fundamentals. And I feel like we've slipped so far away from the fundamentals and, um, the fundamentals for me are sleep. So making sure that I get eight hours of sleep and I, I was, I'm, I'm, I was for sure the guy that was, I can, I, I can kill it with five hours or six hours of sleep. Um, you know, and the more I've read up on how important sleep is and that I'm at a 20% um, diminished capacity just by not getting that, I really am focused on getting my eight hours of sleep, uh, drinking more water, um, making sure that I'm staying hydrated, drinking water, very, very simple things and easy to do. Um, and then also just recapturing my attention. So building a business in the last five years or on social media, whether you want to or not. And I'm be, I've become very, very hyper aware of where my attention's going. So I'm, I'm staying off the social media, um, regardless of what that cost me. I, I, I feel like my attention and my focus are so much more important. Really what I've found is social media has made my attention span so low that it's hard for me to, to focus on the things that I need to be doing anyway. So I'm, I'm really working on getting that focus back and, you know, making sure that I don't get on social media and get distracted. Um, I'm instead picking up a book and working specifically on my focus, being able to just sit there for 30 minutes and just read when I'm in my car. I was, I, I mean, I couldn't tell you, I wasn't listening to music, but I was always listening to self-development, which is awesome. And I think it was a good thing, but now I'll, I'll sit in my car and just in silence and just make myself be um, bored. And so I, I've found that to actually be a huge help. And I think for, you know, I, our generation, I, I don't even have Snapchat. So I can't even imagine having Snapchat, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all on my phone, all just constantly just snatching my attention. So I think that is probably one of the biggest things. If, if that is you, uh, 
take some of your attention back. It's one of the most important things that you can have in your life because if you don't have your attention and your focus going towards what you are wanting to do in your purpose, you're basically just giving your attention slash your life and your time away to something else. That is a good focus for going into 22, 20, into 22, into 2022. And that's saying that, and that's saying you can't be on social media, but right. you, you, you have to be very aware. Well, just being of, att- yeah. Aware and attentive of what you're giving your focus to. Yes. Yeah, I think we just e- too easily give it away. And, yep. you know, it's, we have, we need to remember that we have control we have ownership over that. And it decide it determines a lot. And, and not just how we feel, but in also how we perform and how we show up. That's really good. So knowing everything, you know, now going back to that Tony in college, that Tony's struggling through injury, that Tony, um, you know, before you met me and you're making all these not so great choices. Um, what would you say to that Tony now? Um, probably just wake up. Um, like when I think back to the time I was, um, you know, almost up to like 18, 19, 20 years old, I I almost feel like I was just asleep at the wheel, you know, just going through the motions, um, doing what was cool and what, you know, you thought you were supposed to be doing versus, um, you know, reading books and really looking at where I was going, what I was trying to accomplish and not just letting it happen, but also, but taking a little bit more control of it. Um, you know, I had a ton of success and it's hard for me to almost even take credit for it. Cause I was literally just my, my environment, my, everything else just kind of moved me in that direction. So just be having a little bit more focus, you know, and attention to what I was doing. Okay. So are you ready for a game? Let's do it. Okay. Now I stole it off of friends. So I'm going to give you two. (laughs) I'm going to give you two choices and you have to answer as quickly as you can. Okay. Okay. So the first one will be easy for you. It'll be nice. Okay. You ready? Yes. Seinfeld or friends? (sighs) I'll say friends. Although this you, you brought me to the, to the other side. <laughs> oh, so proud of you. Okay. Ice cream or smoothies? Smoothies. What's your best smoothie recipe on the spot? Can I, my favorite smoothie is the, um, matcha smoothie from big acai. It's unbelievable. If you haven't had it, it's unreal. Okay. I trust you on that basketball or track. You're supposed to be quick. No, what, you're not even supposed to think about it. You're supposed to be quick. Basketball or track? <laughs> I can't answer that. I love them both <laughs> equally. LeBron or Michael Jordan? LeBron all day. Space Jam 1 or Space Jam 2? <sighs> Space Jam 1. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Coffee. Your phone? Or Netflix. My phone, because I could have Netflix on my phone if I needed to. Oh, okay. I was trying to oh. think of what would be as tempting as your phone, but anyways. Okay. So last question I ask every 
guest on the show because this is a standing O podcast. Um, what Tony is your standing O moment? My standing O moment. Um, geez, I gotta think about this now. I'm not going to save my kid because I have four of them. That wouldn't really be fair. Um, all four of them being born are probably my most proud moments. Can I say all, can I have four? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of cheating. Um, and then also probably my next besides being married um, is my, we, we just recently opened a, Vertigo in Quincy, Illinois. And it was my, it's my dad's location. And this was like, uh, I mean, my dad's 69 and this was his very first business. And so I just helping that process and seeing, you know, uh, the night before we opened, we were up literally pulled an all nighter. And there's my dad in there working on, working on his business uh, at two in the morning. Uh, and then the next day we launched our Vertigo Quincy and he's the owner of that. That was, that was a pretty cool moment that I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Even you had been saying for a long time that your dad's dream was to own his own business someday. So that's pretty cool. Well, Tony, thanks for being on the standing O podcast. Um, I appreciate your time, but I also appreciate the, the insight and the, and the way, you know, I don't always act like I appreciate it. Cause you know, you're my husband and sometimes I just, you know, want to lay on the couch and watch friends, but you are very much an inspiration. And I love the way that you can structure things to help us not just sit in our struggle or sit in our disbelief or sit in our frustrations, but you show us that it's habits that we can control it and that there's innovative ways to do it. It's not always the same as it was before. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm going to record, I'm going to get a recording of that. And I'm probably going to listen to that like every day when I wake up. That was amazing. So thank you for having me on. You're welcome and Merry Christmas. I told you there'd be a lot of good moments in that conversation. Uh, What really stuck out for me were two things. One is the fact that I can control my habits. Like I can't just leave, don't just need to leave it up to the times I feel self-motivated. For example, with drinking the water, I can't just have a goal to drink water and then not fill up my water bottle at the the beginning of the day. If I fill up my water bottle, I'm going to drink it. And so just knowing that there are little things that I can do to set myself up for success, and those are habits. That's a really good reminder for me. And secondly, this idea that as athletes, we know how to work hard. And I think that's so innate. I think that's just something that makes us an athlete, but it's the struggle. Can we work through the struggle? And can we not just like sit in our struggle and accept that we're struggling, but what are we doing to come out of that struggle better and stronger than before? That is such a powerful conversation and something to think about. What are we setting ourselves up for in that struggle so where we're better, we're stronger, we're more confident when we come on the other side of it. Like I said in our conversation, Tony has an awesome newsletter on athletic habits. More of this conversation coming every week to your inbox. You can find that and more information on Vertigo at 
vertigoathletics.com. Tony also likes to have fun on his social media and he posts a lot of crazy jumping videos. You can find him at tdouglas1 and he's mostly on Instagram. I'll also post those links in the show notes below. This is the time of year where we are all hyper-focused and motivated to reach new goals. But as we discussed in this episode, it's not our goals or even our ability that will hold us back from achieving them. It is our lack of habits. So make the Standing O podcast with me, Coach D, part of your habit routine. The stories and conversations here will help keep you encouraged on your goal-crushing journey. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, share with your team, and we'll see you in the new year. Until next time, I'm Coach D, and I'm cheering you on. Mm -hmm.